welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Well, I've got a message for you today, and I can't wait to tell you about it. But before we get started, for those of you that are new, we always stand and we make our declarations. We put our hand over our heart. Let's go. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship, created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. We're lifting our hands to say, Come, Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. If you got your Bibles, I know many of you don't carry a Bible anymore, but you can do that and come to church and bring your Bible. And, but if not, you've got your phone, and I know that's where your Bible is, or you can watch on the screen. So I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You see, if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, if you have said, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. If you've prayed that prayer, do you know that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you? You actually have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You may say, I I don't know about that. Holy Spirit, is that a ghost? Or like, is that, does it really reside in me? Because I'm just not sure about that. Well, let me show you in the next scripture. And that's Ephesians 1 and 13. Let's look at that. It says, in him, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth. So after you understood, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you gave your heart to Jesus, you're saved, and whom also believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I want to talk to you today about you've got the power. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it's life, that it's powerful, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I thank you that this word, when it goes forth and we hear it and we apply it to our life, we can be changed. Help us, Lord, to hear your word, take it personal for our lives, and to walk out of this place and be different. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. This word has power to do that. If you'll hear it, and then you'll apply it. And don't apply it to your neighbor. Don't say this. I'm so glad my husband's sitting here next to me because he needed this word. But he probably needed it. But you need it too. We all need it. We all need to be encouraged through it. So I have a supernatural thought for you. On your notes, look at your notes, and it says supernatural thought. Supernatural life is a Holy Spirit-empowered life. It is a life that depends on God for wisdom and strength. Now, when I was going to talk to you, I have this one opportunity, right? Until Mother's Day. 
that I thought, if I could share anything with you as I've been thinking about the supernatural and all the messages that have gone forth from the beginning, and Pastor Keith has been bringing some powerful messages. It's been awesome. We've been in God's presence. We've been experiencing the supernatural. We've had revival services, and we experienced supernatural things, even through a prophet that came and gave supernatural words that knew people's names and knew their circumstances. That can only happen in the supernatural. Well, how does that happen, though? How do we really understand what the supernatural is? And as I began to think about this, I thought, what more do we need to know so we can experience the supernatural things in our lives? And that only comes through the Holy Spirit. We have to have more of an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is in our life. You see, supernatural means above and beyond the natural. It's that place where God operates. You know, we can't see it. We can't, we can't touch it. It's just kind of out there, right? It's that supernatural place. And sometimes it can be a little confusing. Because, you know, when I think about it, and I think about this man that lived 2,000 years ago, that he walked the earth. And 2,000 years ago, I never saw him. He, I've never touched him, but he has transformed my life. I live totally different because I know that he walked the earth 2,000 years ago. That is not natural. That is not natural for our mind to think. For our mind to think natural, we just say, you know what? That Jesus was a man. He was, there was nothing supernatural about him. But within ourselves, we know, Right? That he, there is a supernatural thing. It has changed my life. It makes me want to live different. It wants, makes me want to talk different. It makes me want to be different. It is supernatural. The fact that he was born, the fact that he walked the earth, the fact of the life that he lived is a supernatural life, and it's affected my life. Now, you know what? In our world and in our culture, we are attracted to the supernatural, just naturally, all of us. It's pretty phenomenal to think about supernatural things that have happened and supernatural things that maybe that you can't explain, but we watch things on TV. We see it in movies. We see it in books, and we're like, what is that phenomenon? What is that supernatural? Is that real? You know, these superheroes, they've got all these supernatural powers. We're like, yes, as, as young boys, some of the men that are in the audience, you're like, I wanted to be like Superman. I wanted to be like Batman. And maybe some of the women, you wanted to be Wonder Woman. You wanted to have all these powers. It's just in us. Like from the time we're kids, we see people that we want to be able to fly. We want to be able to walk through walls. Wouldn't that just be awesome? I mean, I used to dream when I was a little girl that I could fly. It was so much fun just flying over everybody. And, you know, I'd wake up and I was like, oh, man, I can't fly. I love that, that I could fly. I remember Josh when he was a little boy. He loved the, all the superheroes, but Superman was his favorite. He always wore a cape. Every morning he got up, he had a cape on. And I'm so glad that he wasn't real adventurous because he would jump off. We had a little step that went down into our living room, and he would jump, and then he would fall. I don't know what that was. He loved to fall, and I, I, just, he, I guess he thought that was what superheroes did, but I always saw him fly and stand on their feet, and I would tell him that, but he loved to fall. He loved just like the wipeout. 
And I'm glad he wasn't like his dad because when I hear the stories about his dad, his dad just didn't like jumping off steps. I mean, his dad went to the roof. He jumped off the roof onto a trampoline and then just plunged his body into the air and landed on the ground thinking that possibly he could fly. I mean, maybe you've got a story like that where you love that supernatural and you love to be able to think that you could do something beyond what was natural. We have also seen stories on, and maybe on your social media or on YouTube, where it's crazy stunts that people do, right? The show Ridiculousness. That is ridiculous. Like these people, I'm like, no, no, no. You are just like a natural man or a natural woman. You don't have those powers to be able to jump off a house or jump off a mountain. Whatever these people, I have to leave the room when Pastor Keith turns it on. He's so drawn to it. He loves it. It makes him laugh. But we even had a series several years ago, and it was called Ridiculous. And he had this quote, and I love this leadershipology that he, he quoted. And it says, when you open the door to the ridiculous, you open the door to the miraculous. Now, the ridiculous that I'm talking about is things that like when your doctor gives you a diagnosis and says you only have a few months to live, or when your doctor says that you have cancer, or when your doctor... Uh, just, just is giving a negative prognosis that you begin to declare who God is in your life and that he is your healer and you begin to project that God, you are a God of the miraculous. And I don't have to accept this ridiculous projection or this ridiculous thing that's being spoken over me. Whatever you're facing, you can believe God. If you'll just be ridiculous enough and not operate in just the natural, our natural way of thinking, then we can believe God for some pretty miraculous things. You see, we're also drawn to things of power, like things we can't explain, the strength that defines uh, uh, limitations. We love that stuff. Well, to understand my message, which is my title, you've got the power to truly understand that. We have to understand the greatest miracle of all times. And the greatest miracle of all times when, was when Jesus resurrected from the dead. That is the greatest miracle in the Bible. And you know why it's so awesome? It's because it talks about how when Jesus resurrected from the dead, the power that was inside of him, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in each one of you that have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's pretty awesome. That is powerful. And you know, let me just read it to you. So you know, write exactly where it is in the Bible, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. You see, God displayed supernatural powers all throughout the Bible. If you read the Bible and you've heard any Bible stories, and many of you, maybe you've been raised in church and you've heard just crazy stories about people's lives and the supernatural things. I'm going to tell you just a few of them just to build your faith this morning, just to remind you of the God that we serve and the supernatural powers that he has and that what we have access to. So one of them, oh, just 
He created the world and everything in it, just created all of it. He fed the five, he fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He parted the Red Sea. God gave Sarah a child at 90. Jesus heals the blind, the sick. He heals the demon-possessed, the paralytic man. God causes manna to fall from the sky. God spoke to Balaam through a donkey. The donkey actually talked. Moses strikes a rock and water comes out. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to dead bones. These dead bones are lying there. Flesh and organs form on these bones, and these bones come back to life. Would you say that is powerful? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnished, and they were not singed. Jonah was swallowed by a whale, and he did not die. David killed Goliath with a single slingshot. The sun stands still. Prison doors are open. Paul and Silas are set free. And so much more. Wow. I mean, when you really understand the power that, was, that we read in the Word of God and the power that you possess, because it says, He that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall also do. So you have the ability to do the works that Jesus did. These are works that Jesus did. But he said that same power is in you. You know, there was this movie that came out last summer. And I love all the Disney movies. And, you know, I remember when my kids were little and we used to take them. And then there was that season. Then they didn't want to go. It made me really sad because you know, they grew up and it's like, oh, those were too little for them. But then they got to the place when they were about college age that they didn't worry about what their friends said. And they liked the Disney movies. And so we got to go see Disney movies again. Pastor Keith and I just didn't go in the Disney movie theater by ourselves, you know, and watch these movies. So Incredible 2 came out. And, uh, and so um, what happened is Mr. Incredible, he has a wife. His wife's name is Elastigirl. And so in that movie, uh, his role changed. So he became over the household, and Elastigirl became really the big superhero of the day. And she was to go out and conquer the world and take down all the crazy things that were happening in that world. There was a lot of danger, and she was going to save the world. She was Elastigirl. Well, she's a mom, and she has children. And so her children would go wherever she went. Well, her children were always in danger. She was concerned. She had a mama's heart. She was concerned for her little children that were put in dangerous situations, but they were fighting with her. But she comes back home to Mr. Incredible, and she says, I'm really concerned because, you know what, these are just children. They're just children. He said, yes, they're children, but they're children with powers, and that makes them special. And he also said, and whether or not they choose to use their power is up to them. But either way, they've got it. Either way, they've got it, but they have to choose. Well, as I look out among all of you, I want to tell you, you have power. But whether or not you choose to use it is up to you. I'm gonna. I'm a teacher. That's. I, I mean, I used to be a kindergarten teacher, right? But I'm teaching you, and I'm very simple in my thinking. So I want to take you on this journey because, as I read the Word of God and as I take it, I want to help you to really understand what does it mean for you to have this power and for you to be able to access this power, and where does this power come from? You see, 
We have to choose to go for it. We have to choose to go after it. Well, I would hate to come to the end of my life and realize that I had all this power that God gave me and I never used it because God has given us all power, but we have to decide if we're going to use it. So I want my life to look great. I want to do great things for God. But can you even think about, could I come to the end of my life? And God said, but I gave you this, and I gave you this gift, and I gave you this power, and I strengthened you to do this. But you didn't step out, and you didn't do it because you tried to do it in the natural. You didn't realize that I'm a supernatural God, and I put a supernatural God on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit that lives inside of every one of you. You see, there was these 12 guys. They were disciples. 12 men. They were just radical men. I mean, they were crazy guys. We hear their stories. I mean, it was a tax collector. One was a thief. One was a zealot. Most of them were fishermen, and one was a doctor. So if we think about the 12 disciples that lived back then, and Jesus trained them for three and a half years. You see, disciple... The root word of disciple means discipline. So for three and a half years, he disciplined. He took time. He had a strategy for all of his disciples. Well, we are his disciples, and we are living in this day and age just like they lived, and we are being discipled. You're being discipled right now. You're being taught when you come to church of how do we live our life? What does God have for us? So that is what Jesus is doing. But they only have three and a half years. I'm so glad that... I didn't have three and a half years that I have a, my whole lifetime to be trained and learn and to learn God's word. And you do too. And so with the disciples, they got to physically, though, be in his presence for three and a half years and be trained. So with this strategy, he would take them on journeys with him. He would take them and he would do miracles and they would watch. And then he would say, okay, now it's your turn. Now you go and you talk to people and you minister to people. And so they were performing miracles. And so he would observe them. And then when he would send them on mission trips, just like we do. They would go on missions trips. They would tell people about Jesus. And then they would come back and they would report on all the things that God had done. So then they would observe the signs and wonders. They would see Jesus and his character, how he was, that he was full of love and he had joy. He extended peace and all kinds of different things that how Jesus was that made them say, okay, this is how I need to be. They were being trained. But you know what they did? They misunderstood his teachings many times and they misunderstood his authority. But you know what? We're no different because they're human, right? They're frail. They're not God's. They're, they're, they, they are learning. They are growing just like that we are doing. So they misunderstood. They needed correction just like we need correction. We're disciples. They never understood his mission, though, until after his resurrection. So if we are his disciples, I want to ask you today, how is it going for you? Are you a good disciple? Are you accessing the power of God, the Holy Spirit that he's put inside of you? And if you don't know Jesus, then you don't understand totally what I'm talking about. But you can know him so that you can have this power to live out the life that God wants us to live. You see, Jesus commissions us to go because of his authority. We see it in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. The scripture is on the screen. It says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. On the first fruits on Wednesday night, you see us do this very same thing. There's a tank that sits up here. And after you accept Jesus in your heart, you, we are encouraged to be baptized. And we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But first of all, I want to tell you, and you can look at your notes. It says, what is a disciple? We need to define what a disciple is. A disciple is a worshiper. What is a worshiper? It's to value and treasure God above all things. It is a matter of your heart. You see, there's people that will honor God with their lips, but their heart is far from him. We can come to church. We can check the box, but we leave out of this place, and we never mention Jesus, God. We never mention anything about him. We don't tell people. We don't invite people to church. So we, we come in because we feel good because we've come to church or that we've served in this house. But we don't let it transform our life. If you are going to be a disciple of Jesus, you are going to worship him. And worship him is with your heart. You live for him. And it's a reflection in your life. A disciple of Jesus, number two, means servant. You know, Jesus came to serve, but not to be served. And that's the model that we should live out. And that's why we have servant leadership in this house, where you see people all the way from the parking lot to the coffee bar to our children's area. They're serving because they have a passion to be a disciple and to love your babies and to encourage you when you come into this house and to stand with you at this altar and to pray for you. They're not paid. They're not paid to stand on this stage and worship. They have a heart to worship God and to be a disciple. So not only is it a servant, but also a disciple means witness, to care for people, to love people, to point people to them, to him. But you know, many times we're not really a very good disciple because when we're out and about, when we go to the store, when we're at the counter and things are frustrating and we're mad and we're upset, we take it out on the person behind the counter or the person at the restaurant because they didn't get our food right, you know, so we don't give a tip. We get mad when we're driving in our car and we flip people off. Come on, you know, that's true. And you know what? I'll just tell you, we've all sinned. I've done, not that I flip people off. I have done things like I've not been the nicest. I've never done that. I'm not a cusser. I don't use the bad finger. I always tell my kids, listen, They'd come home and said, they said this was a bad finger. And I said, God did not make any of your fingers bad. And all your fingers are good, but sometimes you might use your finger for bad. Don't do that, okay? Be a good disciple. Tell people about Jesus. Love people. So when you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, He helps you. He equips you to be able to close your hand and just go like this or something, you know? Just stir it up on the inside, right? Yes. So, so let's read John 14, 12. Because Jesus is discussing with His disciples what is going to happen when he dies. Okay, so I'm going to look at the word here. It's John 14, 
12, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray. Which right there, that means ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. You see, the last thing he says to his disciples before he's crucified is he says, don't be afraid. And he introduces them to the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to send you a helper. So this is what happens in the story. And I'm going to tie it all together. So here we've got the disciples. Here now, they have been being trained. Now Jesus goes to the cross. He's resurrected from the dead. And for 40 days, he walks on the earth. He doesn't immediately go to the Father in heaven. He walks the earth for 40 days, continuing to do miracles, continuing to discipline and disciple the disciples. So... As he does this, he lets them know. But when I leave, and they're a little concerned, they're not sure about all of this because they don't understand what this helper is, who this Holy Spirit is. But So what he's telling them, I'm going to go away. But what you have to do is you have to go to Jerusalem. Go there, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray in one accord. I want you to be in unity. So that's what they did. There were 120 of them. They went to this upper room in this house. This had to be a big upper room. And they went up there, and for nine days, they did not leave. They prayed. They pressed in. They interceded. They listened to what Jesus had said to them, that he would send a helper, even though they didn't totally understand who this helper was. So let me read to you Acts 2.11, because it records it exactly what happened on that day. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, some of you may say, I don't know about that tongues. That's, you know, that was for then, and, you know, I, you know people, you know, told me that. That, that. That's not for today. Listen, the Holy Spirit is for you and everything the Holy Spirit had then is for today. He does not hold anything back. So if you're gonna understand the supernatural, we have to understand who the Holy Spirit is. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's the Father, He's the Son, and He's the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. Now we understand the Father, okay? He's God, right? We understand the Son, He's Jesus. But this Holy Ghost thing is just like tripping me out. I don't know. Because you know why? It's the supernatural. We can't feel it. We can't see it. I'm not touching it. So it's a faith. It's a trust. It's a belief that, God, you are working in an unseen realm. So it's not an it. Because as long as you know, think it's an it, you won't have relationship with it. But when you know it's a person, 
then you have a relationship because it is a person that lives on the inside of you. It's not a mist. It's not a cloud. It's not a strange feeling. Some people think, well, it is a feeling that you feel on the inside as far as a prompting that you get from the Holy Spirit. But it's not just that. It's actually a person. So he has feelings. The Holy Spirit has feelings. The Holy Spirit is powerful. He's mighty. He's compassionate. He's sensitive. But he can also be grieved. There are five reasons why we need more of him. Let me tell you the reasons so you'll know. Why do I need to access? Why do I need to have the power? Why do I need that? Let me tell you. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural power. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It declares it right there. Pastor Keith says, I got superpowers. People don't always understand that. But you can say that. Do you know that you have superpowers? You only have superpowers if you'll access them because they're there. They're there for you, but you have to access them. So he's always, he's a man of faith and power. I am telling you, he has the gift of faith. He has the gift to believe. I honor that and respect that. It encourages me. When somebody has that kind of faith, it encourages me to believe. Doesn't it you? If Sometimes when you can't believe and you've got somebody that comes alongside you and says, let's just get into agreement. We're going to believe for a miracle. God can do this thing. He can restore your relationship. He can restore your marriage. He can heal your body. But you know what? It's that gift of faith that somebody comes along and comes into agreement with you. So you've got superpowers. Not only that, the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts. You see, when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you, he brought gifts with him. And he divided each one individually. That's what it says in God's Word. He brought gifts and he divided and gave them to each one individually. But they're for all of us to access. But some of them may be stronger in you because of maybe you've developed it. Maybe just like Pastor Keith, he's had to believe. He's had to have the gift of faith to, to, to do what God's called him to do, to believe for great things. And so a lot of times people maybe have a stronger gift than you because they just developed it. But you know what? If you've been given a gift and you think about when somebody gives you a gift and you, they go and hand it to you and you just look at the outside, you're like, wow, that's really pretty. That package, I love that bow. And you never open the gift. They're like, open the gift. It's for you. I got this for you. Open the gift. Heidi Marsh, it's your birthday. Open the gift. Happy birthday. And, uh, and so open the gift. She understands that. So if it's, when it's your birthday, you understand, you, you like rip into it. Well, God has given you gifts. I want to tell you, open the gift. They're for you. It's the supernatural. So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, these are the gifts he gives all of us. To the one word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge, to another faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirit, spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. But a lot of times we don't unwrap the gift because we're afraid. Because you look at some of these gifts and you're like, oh, no, I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't, um, you know, 
speak out and prophesy because, you know, that makes me nervous. And, you know, I'm fearful about that. I'm, I'm afraid. Or I couldn't have the gift to go and uh, help somebody else or teach or lead a Bible study because, you know, that I, I just get nervous if, you know, if I was to do something like that. I just have a lot of fears and a lot of insecurities. Sister and brother, I'm right there with you. I got the same thing. But you know what I got to do? Come stand on this stage and exercise what God has put inside of me. And it's a gift to communicate and to teach. But through my insecurities and through my fears and through my doubts and unbelief, I will step back. I will say, no, that's okay. I'll leave that to somebody else. But God is calling me up. He's calling you up. Stop being afraid. Stop being fearful. Step out prophesy what is on the inside of you that sometimes you know it's maybe something that's so little it's just a word of encouragement it's just going to somebody and you're like okay I, I need I want to tell them that their eyes are pretty or I want to tell them I love their dress but um I don't know I, I, I shouldn't say that they don't care what I think yes that is a beginning to be a gift and start the, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He prompts you. It's through little things. You never know. When you speak an encouraging word, when you say, oh, I really love your eye makeup, or, you know, you look so nice today. Do you know how that encourages people? You're speaking life into people. You, you're beginning to use the gift of hearing what is being said. What, whatever is being said to you, say it. Speak it out. Encourage people. Love people. Speak life into people. You'll begin to prophesy because you'll begin to develop the gift and you'll begin to learn to hear what God is saying to you. Next, we, one of the things that Paul says above all these gifts, he encourages you to prophesy. That is one of the most important gifts that you can do, just like I was saying. Prophecy means to set forth a matter. It is not fortune-telling. Set forth your life instead of responding to life. How many times do we just respond to what life brings us? It's tough. It's hard. I'm sick. This isn't working for me. They don't like me. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, negative, 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 negative. We just speak out what we see. Instead of declaring what you believe, what you want your life to be. So what do you do? I declare that my home is in order. I declare that my husband loves me. I declare that he loves me as Christ loved the church. I declare that my children will walk in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I declare that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. That no weapon formed against me shall prosper. What are you declaring over your day? That's what we need to get up and do. Before your day ever starts, start declaring. Write those things down. Put it on your nightstand. Write just the word of God out and say, this is what I'm believing for today. Whatever challenges you're facing, say, I'm not going to prophesy it. I'm not going to prophesy negative. I'm not going to prophesy death. I'm not going to prophesy condemnation over myself saying, I am stupid. I'm an idiot. I'll never measure up to anything. You know, I can't even think right. I don't even talk right. How many times have we all done that? I have done that. I'll say, oh, Sheila, you're so stupid. I, why did you say that? That was ridiculous. What, what am I doing to myself? I'm, 
I'm not prophesying who God says about me. So begin to think that I'm stupid and I don't, can't communicate. I can't talk. You know, for years, I didn't feel like I could talk. I didn't feel like I could communicate. I have a twin sister. We talk for each other. We always have. So I couldn't tell a story unless she was standing right next to me. Because wherever I stopped, she would pick up and continue to communicate. So still to this day, Pastor Keith will say, I am not your sister, Sharla. I don't understand. And I get so frustrated. Like, you should know. When I, why do I have to go back and tell all the back history for you to understand what I'm talking about? You should just know. We've been together a long time. But my sister, I can just start with a statement, and she knows exactly what I'm talking about. But it's handicapped me a lot of times in my communication because I've always had her to help me communicate. So all of us have things that have caused us to be fearful, to doubt, to not step into prophesying positive things over ourselves. Number three, the Holy Spirit empowers you to become. God has given you an assignment, a wife, a mother, a business owner, a student, whatever you are doing right now, you are on assignment. So either you'll see it that way, or you'll just see, I don't like what I do, but it, or you know, I don't want to do what I'm doing. But for right now, you trust and know that you're on assignment. It may not be what you want the future to look like, but right now, I'm going to give my best. I'm going to do my best. I am on an assignment. And I have been given the power to fulfill that assignment. So for my life, I'm looking for, in what I do, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I want my heavenly father. I want him to, to say that to me. I want to know that. That I've done my best. I'm giving my best. I may not always be in this position. I may not always be working behind the counter. I may not always be working in a store. I may not always be doing the job that I'm doing. Whatever season you're in, he has given you the power to do right now what you are doing. And so that he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now, because you have been faithful with little, I'm going to make you ruler over much. You're not here, and I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to please Pastor Keith. I'm not here to please my kids. I am here only to please my Heavenly Father. So when I see things on that back screen where people are being abused, mistreated, Women that are having to leave relationships, I say, stop it. Get out of a relationship like that until that person can get whole and healed, go to counseling or something. You're not there to please an abusive person in your life. You're there to please your heavenly father. Step up and know the destiny that God has on your life. He's put the power of God and the strength to be able to walk out of relationships like that. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in this world. There are greatness and great things inside of you. Also, he is also, where was I on my point? What number was I on? Oh, to become. To, oh, to, no. Yes, yeah, so number three. That was number three. The Holy Spirit empowers you to become. Okay. Number four. The Holy Spirit helps us resist temptation. Galatians 5.16, I say then walk in the Spirit, and you, you shall not 
fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you walk in the spirit and you understand the spirit of God lives on the inside of you, it's very hard to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because you know what? The enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And he wants you. He, he tempts you. He brings things that maybe you've opened doors to, to, to just tempt you, to bring you in to, so that your relationship and your relationship's not good with God, your relationship's not good with other people, you've opened doors, you've, you've, you're, you, you know, you just, there's just open doors in your life that you keep going to because you didn't resist. But God has put power in you to be able to resist temptation because you know Why? The enemy doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want good things for your life. So he brings temptation into your life. But God has favor and he has wisdom and he has blessings for your life. So you see there's this little thing that's on the inside of you. And there's a conviction that comes and it's called the Holy Spirit. And there's sometimes you know when you have given in to temptation, there's this little voice that speaks to you and encourages you to go the other way. And that is the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We can listen to that or we can say, no, that, that's, your, that's not for me. I, I'm not going to listen to that. But the, but the Holy Spirit, because he's there for you to guide you, to comfort you, to lead you. And because the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen you, then you have to know that it's it's. It's for, it's for your good. It's not a bad thing. It's like, you know, but the more you stop listening to it, the more you just push it away and say, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to keep, I'm going to turn the other way. That voice just gets lighter and lighter and lighter. So be sensitive. When, the, when things come and you feel that prompting, say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stand. I'm going to be strong. I have the power within me to resist that temptation. So don't settle for less. Live the word. Ask God to use you. Ask God to guide you and to make you sensitive to people you will meet. Because people are coming across our path all the time. If we're going to be his disciples, we need to love people. Be sensitive to people where they're at, where they're struggling. Can I help you? Can I pray for you? Knowing that people are going through tough times, be that person. And then number five, the Holy Spirit gives life and strength to our bodies. See, he gives you strength to run your race and to fight the good fight of faith. He will strengthen you. He will help you. And you know how you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? You know how you're really accessing that and really opening the gifts that God has for you? When you see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. When you no longer are frustrated and mad. Not that we don't all get that way at times. But when you can say, you know what, I'm not going to show hate right now. Somebody is being mean-spirited to me. They're being hateful. They're saying negative things. But I am going to love. You can only do that because the Spirit of God that lives inside of you and because you're accessing that, saying, I'm going to access the fruit of the Spirit. That's in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, temperance, and self-control. God is a good God. He loves you. And you know, Pastor Josh talked last week about grace. And you know what? For anybody that feels any condemnation, that is never our heart. We want you to know we serve a God of grace. 
But we serve a God of conviction too, that he will prompt you. He will speak to you and he will encourage you through the Holy Spirit to be fulfilled and to do all that he has called you to do. Do you want the power? Do you want to access the gifts and all that God has for you? Well, let me pray for you. Father, Lord, I just thank you for the amazing, amazing people. Thank you, Lord, that they have come into this house, that they're in McKinney, Texas, and they're in Frisco, and we are in one accord, believing, Father, that you have great things for us. You have a destiny. You have a calling. And Lord, help us to do everything that we can to fulfill that, to understand that we don't have to do it in our own strength. It's not by our own might. It's not by our own power. But it's by your spirit that we are empowered and strengthened to do all that you have called us to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.